UMass is looking to get back on track. They have just one game this weekend, a single game at UNH, and we have everything to get you guys ready for it. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 50 of High Character. Big milestone for us. Uh, this time, it is a series preview episode for the one solo Friday game at UNH. My name is Cameron, and I am joined by my good buddy, Evan. Evan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, or I'm doing well, if we're trying to be grammatically correct here. Um, this is a game that I'm looking forward to, for for lack of a better term. I mean... I have a personal vendetta against this wit building, as they affectionately call it in Durham, New Hampshire. I think we've we've collectively been to two games each right here, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it didn't go well, to say the least. We we have been there twice, and we have racked up two losses. You know, it's it's not a good, you know, I, th- I kind of have like a personal goal to kind of see a UMass dub in every, every hockey East arena, and out of all the ones that I've been to so far, UNH's arena is the only one that I haven't seen a dub in. So we have a lot on the line for both me personally, for the team's momentum going into Belfast, and for breaking this godforsaken losing streak. Okay, we have a lot on the line to really just get get some things moving in the right direction, and I am ready to discuss it today on High Character. Let's go. Uh, before we dive into the into the game here, This episode is being brought to you by High Character Apparel. It's a website that we have just started. Uh, We have been getting requests for a long time to drop some merch. So we have some of our own merch, some stuff inspired by the hockey program. uh, There's 10 unique designs on t-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts for you guys to take a look at. It's the best way that you can support us and everything that we're doing with our podcast and our YouTube and social medias and stuff. So uh, if you guys want to go check that out, highcharacter.myshopify.com. Um, so yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. If any uh, local businesses are trying to get into the sponsorship area, you know, we're, we, our ears are open. So just toss it out there. So we don't have to keep plugging the store, you know, at every waking moment, but love doing it anyway, because I'm super proud of the merch that we got. So it works out for everybody. Yeah, so uh, before we get into the actual game stuff, we have a few housekeeping notes. A um, couple injuries that the program is dealing with at the moment. We saw Aaron Bollinger miss the entire BU series. From what we hear, he is day-to-day, and there's a decent chance that we will see him in this Friday game against New Hampshire. We didn't see Ryan Lauten back in this series he was, however, a, a practice skater, so um, we haven't even heard any news on him, so we're hoping that he'll be back for this game, but we're not positive. We saw Noah Ellis miss some time. Apparently, that was just because he's sick. He probably should be good now. And some pretty sad news, uh, Lyndon Alger broke his leg, so um, if not season-ending, that'll take him a while to get back, so um, really tough for Alger finally getting that starting role. You really hate to see that. I think one last person that we want to mention that I guess, I mean, again, I didn't see the game on Saturday, but I don't think Taylor McCarr played either. So I think that that was going to be, I mean, we haven't heard an update on his status, but I remember in the Friday game, as we talked about in the, in the series recap, I mean, he was just bowling himself into the corner boards, you know what I mean? Trying to head into the offensive zone. And 
it seems like he tweaked his wrist or his arm or something. Um, again, no update, you know, I guess in regards to his injury, but we're hoping that he's okay. And we're hoping that he's good to go for Saturday or for Friday's game. Cause I think it'll be a pretty big addition if he gets slots himself back into the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, him and Lautman back to not hear any update. Uh, I don't know. I, you're, you're, I think a little more optimistic about it. I really get antsy not hearing anything about it, but we just hope both of those guys will be back by then. Um, a little bit about UNH. They have not started off this season very strong. UMass obviously coming into this game on the five-game losing streak, um, one of the longest in the Coach Carvel era. And what better way to snap that against this three nine and one UNH team? Uh, I guess the only caveat you mentioned the wit going on the road. It's been a a tough place to play for UMass. So. Um, Good opponent to see when you're on a five game losing streak, but not the not in the place you want to see him, I guess. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I'm definitely hopeful in our just kind of overall approach. I think we I think everybody understands in no, you know, exaggeration. This is a must win game. I, I don't think there can be any other expectation for this game, regardless of the personal history with with the wit. You know what I mean? Like that's something that we need to just throw behind us because I don't think there's really any sort of superstition that's going to kind of help us chug along. You know what I mean? We have to throw all that behind us and focus on the team that we're playing against. You know, it's as simple as that. This team, as we're going to discuss, is not doing too hot either, you know, but I think we showed early on in the season that we we have quality. You know what I mean? There's, there's no other way to put that. We have quality on our team and that needs to come out against an opponent that realistically hasn't shown a whole lot of quality throughout the season. So we need to, we need to really come out full force and almost surprise them, you know, because we probably don't at this point, we probably don't have that same sort of respect going into games. I think other teams are kind of looking at us saying, Hey, these guys are on a skid. You know, I think, I don't think they're going to necessarily go easy on us, but I think we're not going to be that kind of circled game on the calendars. Like we used to talk about, I think teams are definitely going to be just, Again, not, I'm not trying to say lackadaisical, but I think they will definitely be a bit less concerned with the stakes that are that are in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that is definitely one one thing to consider. There's not a big target on UMass's backs anymore. Maybe that uh, could help them going forward. That would be a good thing. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about this game for non-opponent reasons. I guess it's the team leaves for Belfast on Sunday, so obviously. Um, with how much we're excited for that trip, we got to imagine that they're thinking about it and looking forward to it as well. Um, we talked about it in our schedule preview before the season started that we were afraid this might be a trap game. Uh, just with the trip coming up, might get overlooked uh, a trip up to New Hampshire against a um, kind of bad team. So definitely looking forward to seeing the boys lock it in and not kind of just let this one pass in in their looks towards next weekend in Belfast yeah I mean when we say it was a trap game I feel like that was without the context of our current season like we weren't really taking that into account because we didn't know how the team was going to be but yeah I think I think the mentality is completely switched I think this is a game where you like as a coaching staff in my opinion granted I say this anytime I talk about the coaching staff not a member of the staff I don't know what they're thinking but I think you have to see this as one last hurdle before you get that big break and you kind of start developing more, you know, like the, these trips are good for camaraderie. You know, these teams are going to help kind of be a boost to the team as a whole, but this is kind of like that one last hurdle to get out of the way before 
they see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like this has been a very tough stretch, but I think if, if the team kind of says, Hey, we can put all that behind us. And if we can just get one, and if we just get back to our winning ways, it's going to lift the team as a whole. And I think going into Belfast and just having those experiences before game time, it's just going to really help this whole team as, as, as a, as an entity, you know what I mean? It's just going to really help them. Yeah. And I think uh, even if they do win this New Hampshire game, it'll be good for them to get their minds off hockey a little bit, do some traveling, do some, um, some group interaction type stuff. I do agree. It'll be a good thing. Um, still don't want to skip over this game. Taking a look at New Hampshire. They, like I said, at the start, they're three, nine and one, their wins came against Clarkson who's actually ranked right now. They beat them in OT. Um, and then St. Lawrence and army who are some kind of middling uh, college hockey programs this year. Their losses came twice to BC, twice to Vermont, twice to Northeastern, Harvard, Providence, and Merrimack. So getting thrashed around by those Northeast teams. And then uh, they have one tie to Providence. So not very great in Hockey East play. Uh, UMass hasn't been either. They've played a bit higher quality of opponents in Hockey East, though. So, uh, yeah, nothing nothing too surprising. No big standout wins uh, for them, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I don't want to immediately draw comparisons between UNH and Union, but I think when we've played a team that's, again, frankly, of not hockey use quality, you know what I mean, in Union, we completely and utterly dominated them. I think if if we just play focused, you know, very solid offensive hockey, where we try and play with skill and try and just beat them with speed and all of these amazing attributes that we know that these forwards have that just really haven't come out in recent games, I really do think that we can, you know, make a pretty big splash against UNH. I mean, looking at the the games that have been played so far, they let in a, a decent amount of goals for the most part. You know, like I'm looking at BC, they lost four to two. They lost six one to Merrimack. You know what I mean? Like they they are letting in goals. I was looking at their at their stats. I don't really want to, you know, we're gonna talk about this in a little bit, but what their backup goalie right now dude barely turned 18 you know what i mean he is a very inexperienced goalie granted we're probably not going to face their backup goalie in this series we're probably going to end up playing against their starter who is quite decent but it just does not seem like they have the goal support and i mean granted our team has been a little leaky defensively but i definitely think that you know we've played against now that we you know like now that we're kind of seeing how the pairwise has been shaken out against our opponents we we've had a much tougher schedule than we kind of initially let on so I, again, I don't want to immediately just think of our, of our losses and just rush them to the side and think, you know, well, you're a good team, so we're just going to let it slide. You know, we, we still need to be better, but I definitely think that this team is one that we can certainly get a win against. Yeah, I think it is decently comparable to Union. I looked through their schedule just as you were saying that, and they uh, also have one win against Clarkson, but other than that, it's a um, bunch of losses to not mm-hmm. amazing programs. Uh, we'll over on the UMass side of things. Um, just to refresh your memory, uh, tied AIC, swept Denver, swept Union, uh, an overtime win and an overtime loss to Merrimack, an overtime loss and a normal loss to Providence, and two losses to BU. And you mentioned uh, UNH kind of giving up a lot of goals. Uh, I also saw that they only have 1.7 goals per game, which is good for UMass right now because. They have given up a lot of goals recently in the last four games uh, in this five game losing streak. They've given up seven, four, seven and five, which um, it's been a a microcosm of all different kind of issues, goaltending, defense, clearing pucks, everything like that. So 
a very good team to to break out of that with. Yeah, no, I agree. I think kind of the main thing is that we, and I, I think this is probably what the team did in practice. Because I mean, from what I saw from the you know the past couple of games that have been played, we just kind of lacked the fundamentals on defense. I feel like you know clearing out pucks. These are all things that are you know mechanical hand-eye coordination things that if you want to be a top-level team, you should be able to do. And I think against a UNH team, they might not make you pay as hard if you mess up mechanically and you know just in a you know, fundamental way. I think teams like Merrimack and teams like BC, they, they've been very, very punishing as of recently, not against, not just against UMass, but just against other teams in general. They know how to score when you give them the ability to do so. And again, I don't want to, you know, the last time that I kind of discouraged our opponent was against Providence and we got absolutely burned on that. So I don't want to rag on UNH too much because I could look silly again, but just basing it off the stats alone, I, I think we do have the edge against UNH, and I think we really just need to play very, very solid transitional hockey because we need to be able to play very smart defensively and be able to break out with speed so we can just completely attack their defense and hopefully overwhelm them. Because I feel like in a lot of games when they kind of get overwhelmed, they, they tend to do poorly because, like we mentioned, they let in a lot of goals against solid teams, and I do think that we have that offensive quality in us. Yeah, and that's a good segue over to our uh, our leading scorers for each of these teams. For UMass, leading the way, doing a lot of that scoring is Reed Lebster. He has four goals and eight assists for 12 points. His fellow linemate, Cal Kifuk, uh, he's played three less games, and he has uh, 11 points. So that top line, we mentioned the, all the depth scoring that UMass has had over the first couple of weeks. Uh, that, that first line is really starting to break out. I think Lebster had a point on – every goal that was scored last weekend against BU. So uh, those are going to be the guys you want to see um, maybe do something fancy, do some good playmaking this, this game. Yeah. I think, I think it's kind of time for us to pat ourselves on the back a little bit, at least in my opinion, because when we did the preview episode, we were talking about Lebster. I talked about Lebster. You talked about Keith Fuke. Those are the only two forwards on our team. The only two players in general that are over a point per game. So I think they've really been leading the charge. Um, you know, Lebster leads the team or is tied for the team leading assist with eight. And Kifuk, we got to remember, he he only played eight games so far this season because he was out for a couple of games with an injury. But the other thing was, was he got he got uh, that game misconduct. And I forget which game it was off the top Denver. of my head. It was yeah. the Denver game. Correct. And he only played the first 40 seconds of that game. So if effectively, he's only played seven games. You know what I mean? I don't know if they if they you know, adjusted that for the games played. I don't think they did. So they realistically, he only played seven games. And ever since then, he has been extremely disciplined. He only has 15 penalty minutes a season. And that's off of the five minute major and the 10 minute misconduct. So he hasn't had a single penalty ever since that incident. So his bounce back has been amazing, you know, to say the least. And it's the same thing with Lepster. He hasn't had to bounce back. He's just been very solid throughout the season. But the last thing I wanted to mention, not to completely steal your thunder cam, because I want to let you talk a little bit, but the, the goal scoring has been fully spread out this season. I, we don't have a single guy over four goals. You know, we are spreading the puck around and allowing guys to take shots where it seems like a lot of teams in Hockey East kind of have one really solid sniper where you give him the puck and he's just going to pick a corner and just completely nip it top shelf. I do think that we kind of have that in us, but I think a lot of our goals are more greasy towards the net. You know, they're not beautiful snipes you know we have a couple of off-go piss missiles in there of course that we'd like to but check out the merch just saying we have a, we have a <laughs> piss missile shirt and hoodie very cool stuff just tossing out there gotta plug it whenever possible because uh -huh. that's my favorite design personally but i digress 
Anyway, offense has been rolling. Got to keep it up against UNH. Yeah, um, you mentioned the scoring being really spread out. I think I don't, I'm not sure if we've touched upon it in a series recap uh, or somewhere else, but I think that might be a product of UMass sometimes being too um, unselfish with the yep. puck. Seems like uh, at least lately, some a lot of the missed chances are going on passing maybe a little too much, and the goals are leading uh, coming off rebounds and greasier chances, but. Um, yeah, that's, I think, how you see the scoring really spread out. There's actually another thing I wanted to mention on that. Sorry to just completely belabor yeah. the point. But I'm looking at our stats right now across all of our players this season. We have two defensemen with over 10 points. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking at elite prospects right now. Our next highest defenseman only has two, and it's Aaron Bollinger. Like, mm-hmm. we have two quarterbacks on our – I'm assuming it's mainly our power play that was getting it done because at one point – we had a 50% power play a couple couple weekends ago. So that certainly played into it. But I do think it is very interesting that we've, I don't know if it's a case of only giving two defensemen kind of the green light to kind of make offensive plays. And the rest of the team is kind of just there to play defense. Like I'm looking at, I'm not trying to call out Elliot McDermott. Love the guy. You know what I mean? He's doing he, for, I'd say a good majority of the season, he has been extremely solid defensively. He's had some screw ups every now and then who on this team hasn't I'm not going to call him out for it, but do got 11 games played, and he's the only guy to play every game so far and not have a point. Not knocking him for it. I just thought that was something really interesting. Like, he's still a plus three at the end of the day. He's doing his thing. But I think we really only have two offensive-minded defensemen that are kind of doing their thing this season. And I don't know if that's, like, an issue for you, Cameron. I don't know if you have any commentary around that, but it was something that I noticed. That is astonishing looking at the score sheet. To Morrow and Ufko together have 21 points. And like you said, the next – highest defenseman is two points yep. Mike, mikey adamson has one lyndon alger has one Big noah goal. ellis noah ellis has one mcdermott has zero wow that is yeah, yeah. i uh i think that is a problem I, I talked about it after the providence series i believe about um it seeming like guys have clearly defined roles and it, it might be a little too defined if if other teams know hey uh, Scott Morrow and Ryan Ufko are the only guys you could like that are going to create offense. The their line mates um, are more stay at home D men. They're not going to have the puck when uh, UMass is in the offensive zone. I think I obviously I never played hockey. I'm not a hockey coach by any yep. means. Uh, just from uh, kind of using common sense to piece it together, it seems like that might be a liability lately. Yeah, um, it's I'm not it's, sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little weird. Like I. It kind of like I guess the last thing I want to say about this is, and I think I mentioned it on the uh, the series recap for the previous series against BU, but I think that we have issues right now with playing too disciplined. I think, and I don't mean that in terms of taking penalties. I think taking penalties we've been pretty pretty damn decent at in the grand scheme of things. You know, we've had some some pretty disciplined guys on the team, but the thing that I'm trying to point out the most here is like when we're set up in the D zone, it seems like a lot of the time we'll have forwards that have forward momentum towards the puck when it's coming out of the corner. And instead of going for that puck and trying to make a play to get the puck out or whatever, they purposely will skate backwards to try and cover the pass instead. Like we, we have this really, really disciplined style of zone defense where we, we try and do genuinely everything in our power. And I'm not trying to sound mean when I say this, but we, we literally do everything in our power to not touch the puck. You know what I mean? Like I completely understand the, the sentiment that you want to have smart puck possession and, there's no sense in getting the puck in the corner when you have nobody to pass to. I get that. But 
I think if you're able to get the puck out and kind of live to fight another day, you know, and maybe try and force the dump and chase or get a line change in. So you can kind of get a, get a better look going forward in the future. I think that's the move because it seems like we've just been getting hemmed in our zone too much. And that's because we have too much caution from our forwards and defensemen because they're, they're too focused on trying to stay in the passing lanes and make the quote unquote smart play rather than making the, the hustle play where we try and, you know, go for the puck and try and chip it out, which I understand that you don't want to, you know, leave an open guy in the slot to, to get a, a good shot off. But I feel like, especially with the way that our defense has been quite frankly lacking and we've been giving up pretty, you know, solid scoring opportunities to begin with. I, I just think that we need to start taking more, more chances. You know, I think again, fundamentally you have to be good, but I think you also need to play with a bit more hustle in a bit I don't want to say reckless because we never want to have recklessness, but we want to have just, I think sometimes if you don't know what you're doing, there's no way that the other team's going to know what you're doing. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's almost like at times this team is playing not to, not to give up goals and instead of playing four goals, which leads to guys being under pressure and trying to make hero plays and and kind of getting burned for it. So um this would definitely be a situation to try maybe a different style of play this weekend. So we'll have to see. Uh, we talked about goal scorers a little bit for UMass on the UNH side. They, their scoring is also spread out and they seem like they have a lot less than UMass does. Uh, they're two leading scorers, Liam Devlin and Colton Huard uh, both have seven points, but other than that, nobody, nobody really stands out on this team that'll light you up. Yeah, I mean, most of their, their team is on, a, is on a minus in the plus minus category. They've played two more games than us, and their top scorer has five less points than our top scorer in two more games played. It's not a recipe for success. However, I think I said that exact same like quote when I was talking about previous series, and it didn't turn out very well. So I, I would like to rescind that previous statement <laughs> and hope that, again, play smart, don't give them good looks, because... I don't think they're going to necessarily punish us because that's not what it looks like on the score sheet. But as we've seen recently, anything can happen and anybody can beat anybody. So just, you know, their stats aren't looking amazing, but that doesn't mean we have to let our guard down. Right. Exactly. Um, As we switch over to the goalie side for UMass, it's a bit of a question mark these days. Um, At one point we thought Luke Pavisic had it locked up. Then, then we thought it's anybody's goal. They're both playing out of their minds. And lately, um, not like it's been all their fault giving up uh, a lot of goals over this losing streak. It's been a team effort, but um, they have both taken a dip down and it's kind of uncertain whose net it is. I, I personally believe it will be Luke Pavisic on Friday. He comes in seven games, uh, 9-2-2 save percentage, which is really good, and uh, two six four goals per game. Cole Brady, four games started, a 9-19 save percentage, also really good, and two point nine five goals per game but uh coming off a weekend where Luke Pavisic got pulled in the Friday game um Cole Brady started Saturday and he got yanked so um definitely a lot of uncertainty I don't know if you agree with me about Pavisic getting the Friday game I want to see Henry Graham <laughs> straight <laughs> up there's there's no other way around it. I mean that's like my homer pick I feel like and I'm I'm gonna be honest I think there's like a one percent chance I'm not saying it's a not like it's a non-zero chance I think mm you know, with all the praise that he's gotten recently for being a good competitor, he's granted game time's limited. I get that. I mean, I'm, I'm basically joking around with this pick, but I think it would be awesome personally. I mean, because both my, my realistic take on it is that I don't think it's a bad idea to have Pav and Brady just kind of reset. I think, I think they've, they've kind of been put through the ringer in the past couple series. 
I don't want to say that they're rattled. I have no idea what their mental state is like right now. You know, they're both mentally strong guys. You know, I'm not going to completely roast their character and their compete levels, but I don't think it's a terrible idea. You know what I mean? As you know, I get that you need a win here and, you know, I'm probably talking out of my ass here, but if, if, if I'm being more, more realistic with my, with my goalie pick, I'm probably picking Pavisic. I just think more games played has kind of done it. And I mean, the fact that Cole Brady got yanked in the second game, I just don't, I just don't think that it, it bodes well for his kind of overall chances. Um, but I could be wrong. You know, I think, I think we've seen, I, w- I don't want to say questionable goalie picks, but I mean, again, we've, very recently been kind of uh, besides last season we've been blessed with one a's and one b's you know the entire time so it really is anybody's net to get but i'm leaning pavis it's just like you yeah and uh there's obviously a chance that it's brady and maybe a minor chance that it's tender game too we were <laughs> we've been surprised a couple of times with the choice for goaltending uh this season so it's really up in the air we'll have to wait until friday to see that on the unh side they have two guys that have gotten a decent amount of time. seems like their starters, David uh, Fessenden, hmm. if I'm saying that correctly. He has eight games started, 2.68 goals per game, and uh 9-1-0 save percentage. The other guy, Tyler – oh, my God. Tyler Muszelk, Selick, Muszelik? That, that sounds right. That, that sounds right, yeah. If, Tyler, if you're listening, I apologize. Doubt he's uh, listening, but we'll see. <laughs> He's got five games started, 3.68 goals per game, and an 860 save percentage. So, got to imagine Fessenden is going to get the start for UNH. I, this is going to be kind of a funny one for me because I am pretty sure for the past, like, five or six years that I've watched UMass hockey and I've been watching games against UNH, I'm pretty sure it's been Mike Robinson every single time for UNH's net. Mm-hmm. That dude just straight up, I don't think has ever graduated. Like that dude took forever to leave the team. And he was always just like that guy had met every single time that I watched uh, UMass play them. So just to not hear his name was super weird to me. Like I, for some reason, he's like the most notable goaltender that I can remember that wasn't on UMass. Like his whole shtick was, he was like a second round pick and then never panned out. But then every single time he would turn into a Vezina or a Richter candidate against UMass. And I just don't understand how that realistically would ever happen but now back to the more pressing issues at hand um yeah i'm not expecting what you say his name was muselic whatever the hell say it again man yeah i'm not trying to but his stats are pretty garbage um i think i looked at his elite prospects page the dude just turned 18 like four months ago so he's young like this man is inexperienced i think he played for the 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 u.s development team so he has a bit of pedigree about him, but he's not there yet. You know, that's kind of why Fessenden has been the guy going forward for the most part. But again, his stats, I mean, they're not really the worst on paper. I mean, they're about on par with UMass's goalies right now. So I think, you know, he's going to be the guy, you know, for them, I think, in this game. And we just got to hope that we can break him down as much as humanly possible, you know. Hold on, hold on. Why do you think they're on par with UMass's goalies? UMass is both nine twenty save percentage. Yeah, yeah, close enough though. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that it's like an extreme like for like match, but I'm saying it's definitely way closer than the other guy. You know what I mean? It's the point oh, one. Fessenden. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. talking about the other guy yeah. at all. Yeah, I don't know if that wasn't clear. No, that guy sucks. Like there, there's no two <laughs> ways around it. I mean, I say that he sucks. I've never played a college hockey game in my life. I I can be self aware sometimes, even though I can be a bit of a homer, but. Yeah, no, Fessenden is uh, just him is relatively close stats wise to the, to the two UMass goalies. So I think it's not a complete, you know, immediate domination in the net. I think our domination is going to be in the forwards. I think our forwards are going to win us this game because 
if we can just simply outscore them because they're, they're, you know, UNH's forwards have been damn near non-existent, you know, this season, I think as long as we can get three, we're, we're going to be in a good place. Cause I think, I think we're going to be able to tighten it up against a, what's overall a fairly weak offensive unit. So because I said that, who knows, we might get eight scored on us, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that leads us right into our kind of keys for this game. Anything else that you think will play, will loom large in this one? I just think every single time, I mean, in most of the games that I've seen recently, the other team's goalies have been, have been very solid. I think we, we really need to have a dominant net front presence. I think if we're able, because I think that was where we got beat a lot of the times when we were playing against other teams was we were getting beat in front of the net and we weren't doing Pav and Brady any favors in front of the net by clearing out the net. You know, I think we can get away with not doing that on our end as long as we do it on the other end as well. You know, if we can do everything that the other team's doing just a little bit better, we're going to be right in there to make plays happen and to win the game. So I think we really just need to be a very tough team to play against and just be very strong down low and around the net. And I think the, the goals will come. I think our, our you know, the, the puck luck, as you would say, has not been there recently. And in the same vein, I don't think we've deserved the puck luck because I don't think that we put ourselves into positions to earn the puck luck, you know, but I think if we get to those greasy areas, we can get some greasy goals and I'm not expecting this to be a sexy win. I'm not expecting a seven, nothing. I'm expecting a three, one, a very hard, tough, contested game, hoping we get an empty netter. Cause I don't think we've got an empty netter this year. If I'm, if I'm going off the top of my head, I think we've had many chances with the goalie pulled. Did we get one? I, I think I remember a full down the ice Cal Keefe at Mullen Center. It might have been you, against Denver. You are correct. I don't – was it against Denver, though? It might have been the 3-0 win. You might be yeah. right about that because yeah, I, I think we were so. up 2-0. That, that is fair. So we have seen one, but they have been few and far between when I think that we have had a lot of chances to get them because – like I've said before, we have been up in games and we, we've kind of folded when the goalies pulled. So I'm hoping that we can pull away and not have that be an issue in this game. But you never know what's going to happen when you go with the wit and you play UNH. So I'm hopeful, but got to be very st- you know, strong and tough in front of the net. Yeah, totally agree. I have a, I have a few stats to finish off the episode here. Okay. So uh, you mentioned uh, got to be good at the wit. Um, UMass winless on the road we got to change that they're oh three and one so uh never never a time better than the present to get your first road win of the year um i'm really looking at the power plays and the face-offs umass 43 percent power play uh that's unreal they're still getting it done in power play um you uh unh's power play is pretty bad uh their penalty kills decent but their power play is pretty bad and also UMass in the face-off dot, they're 54%. Uh, UNH is in the 40s. They're pretty bad at face-offs. So those two categories, uh, UMass could and should dominate those um, to lead them to victory. And then uh, one more little thing I wanted to say, actually two more things. Um, you mentioned, I don't want to totally put you on blast, UMass, okay. being, UMass being disciplined. Um, they really haven't been. They uh they have 41 penalties already this year. Um, and their opponent has 31 in all of the games. So uh, I think that's kind of uh younger players' mistakes, kind of um kind of getting used to the college level and the college referees. So they've been a bit undisciplined, especially during this losing streak. 
And then one final note, kind of a, a prediction from me. Uh, Elliot McDermott, you look on the stat sheet, he is third on the team in shots at 21. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's putting one in on Friday. Okay, I think, okay, I think yeah, he's definitely due. But I will, I will amend my previous statement because I am looking at the – what's the term you know the elite prospects of UMass's you know team right now and a thing that I've immediately noticed is that it really hasn't been the younger players that have been messing up with the penalties we have you know disregarding key few because it was a major in a game misconduct he hasn't actually had a minor penalty this year so he had his one really bad one get out of the way Scott Morrow has had 10 penalty minutes so that's five five two-minute majors right there he's a he's a sophomore and we expect more of him because of his you know what you know he got drafted he's one of our leading you know puck puck carriers that he, he should be more disciplined ryan lautenbach he's a he's a junior i'm pretty sure he needs to play smarter you know what i mean he's one of the older guys on the team that is a very young team overall he had to do better josh nodler he has three penalties you know he has six penalty minutes i'm pretty sure he's a grad transfer you know that guy should be leading the way he should be a more disciplined experienced player Lyndon alger junior he hasn't been doing his thing. So, I mean, I'm seeing all the guys that have the most penalty minutes on the team are all upperclassmen. You know, that's nuts to me. I mean, the only guy that I can really look at right now and be really disappointed with their discipline as a freshman is Owen Murray. He's only played two games, but he has four penalty minutes. So he's averaged a minor in both games. That's not a good look at all. Granted, he's only played two games, small sample size. I think we're starting to understand why, you know, he might not have gotten that many points because he just has to, you know, get more disciplined. You know, you're not going to play on the, you're not going to be on the ice unless you're disciplined. So I I think I can definitely take the L there. I definitely screwed up my research and I'm even going to amend it even more by roasting you a little bit because it wasn't even the freshman that did it. It was the upperclassman the whole time. So as we learn here on high character, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We're just trying to be entertaining. <laughs> At the end of the day, we'll get there. That's, of course. that's all we need. Uh, yeah, Elliot McDermott's going to score a goal. I can see it right now. So uh, I'll be on the lookout for that one. I think that is everything we have to get you ready. Just one game this time. Uh, no more home-and-home home hockey East series like we've seen the last three weeks. So one game Friday night, and then it's off to Belfast for both the team and for us. Be on the lookout for all of our – uh, cool content from uh, this game, uh, possibly the arena review for UNH, and then just a whole bunch of stuff from Belfast. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm most likely going to go to the UNH game. We'll see. We'll see how things shake out. I got some some things I got to take care of first, but I'm hoping to get you guys some cool content. Just snagged a new phone, so I'll be able to take some nice videos and some nice pictures at the games. Be able to. Uh, have a nice little podcast expense, you know, I'll write it off on my taxes. It'll be a pretty fun one. We'll see how that works out. But yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, it won't just be all on camera anymore to, to get all the sick, the sick videos that he got. I'm hoping I can contribute a little bit, get some cool uh, Scotty Morrow warm-up videos, you know what I mean, on our Insta story. So that'll be a pretty fun one. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm really hoping we can turn our fortunes around. And then I don't want to sound like that guy, but regardless of what happens on Friday, I'm looking forward to next week, regardless. I don't think anything's going to keep me, is going to get me down. You know what I mean? I think we have an awesome, what is it, six days for six me and days. you? We're going to have a wonderful six days. We're going to have a nice two days in Belfast that I'm looking forward to wholeheartedly. So I think it's going to be a really fun, really fun trip. And um, I'm hoping that we can start it off the right way on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Evan mentioned his new phone. We'll both be taking videos for the vlogs. Yep. Uh, we will have 
a video every day for six days. So uh, it's going to be great content. Plus our normal podcast episodes. We'll have a game recap for each game. So we're, we're going to have it all from Belfast and it's all for you guys. You, uh, you were able to get us the laptop we needed over the off season. You've really supported us. You've been supporting us with the high character apparel already uh, since we dropped it. So um, we're going to do everything we can to get some uh, a one content for you guys from Belfast, like y'all deserve. Uh, but for this game, that's everything we got. Thank you again for listening to episode 50 and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. And thanks for the support. Mm-hmm.